Welcome to the CSL Olympia podcast. In this episode, you will hear an opening prayer, followed by a talk. You can learn more about us at our website, cslolympia.org. Blessings. We have a wonderful opening prayer coming from our other practitioner, Linda Bremer. Linda. Thank you. Blessings, blessings. Ah, yes, my name is Linda Viegas Bremer. I am one of the practitioners here in service to community. So join me, join me in this prayerful time. And let us go within and be present. Ah, as we come together, we set the beautiful consciousness and intention for our time here in community. We are here together, connected. Right here, right now, I open my heart and my mind and my soul to the perpetual gifts of divine mind. I recognize infinite presence is all there is. Infinite presence as the flow of life, as ease, peace, joy. Ah, this divine mind, divine energy, expressing as each of us and expressing as all of life itself. Feel your breath in and out, your heartbeat. All of this is divinity expressing as each of us, I know and recognize this is so expressive, so much feeling. As I look around, I hear birds chirping. I see flowers starting to bloom. And I see the clouds embracing the earth, nature. This divine energy is natural. This divine energy is Ah, all there is. And knowing this is true, knowing this divine energy is all there is, I am expressing as this divine energy. Each of us in each moment is showing up as this divine energy. It is oneness. And it is in this union, in this unification, that I find that this connection is a blessing. This connection gives life. This flow of life enriches every aspect of every moment. And in this oneness, the abundant magnificence of the universe manifests right here, right now, as each of us. I accept 
I accept the gifts, knowing that the words spoken today inspire. The music brings joy and peace and our time together as community is love and ease. And as we rest in this space, in this sacred, sacred space, I am in deep appreciation for all that is. And in this spirit of sacred being, I am in gratitude, in thankfulness, and I release my word as truth, for it is released in the law that is always expressing, that is always working. And as I look at nature and as I look within, I accept these gifts. And together we say, and so it is. So our talk today is titled, I'll Rest When I'm Dead. And the subtitle is, And Other Ways to Resist Rest. This whole year, we're looking at the idea of living everyday wonder. And this month, we're looking at everyday wonder, living everyday wonder with play. 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 I understand there was a fabulous game night last night. Unfortunately, I was busy working, putting this talk and other things together and not taking the advice of my own talk. And so I missed it, but I will play. Ah. And so the first thing that we do, and I, I loved um, uh, Tim's reference to the, the Taoist concept of Wu Wei, uh, actionless activity or um, without attachment activity. And, and the, the brilliance of the idea of, you know, we encounter flowers, whether it's the trillium or, or any other flower, and we try and force it to grow. We try to make it happen. I'm going I'm to make this thing go. Um, and so, and that's counterproductive. The best thing to do with the flower to allow it to grow is rest and observe it and watch it grow. Love it and bless it. Nearly every spiritual tradition incorporates a, the practice of a day or longer of rest of deep rest. Think of, of Jesus, who would oftentimes, according to the stories, go out into the desert uh, in between his encounters of Pharisees and scribes and in the, in the, in the outer encounters, and he would take off for the desert. Buddha would, would go on literary retreat for the monsoon season. For several months of the year, he, he would just be in one monastery and stay there and go into deep spiritual practice. This idea of long and deep periods of rest is throughout every, every spiritual tradition. And this is rest not only from the outer work, from the, our, what we might call our public work, but it's also work from our private work. You know, we, we, it's the encouragement to take time to deepen spiritual practice, to deepen in our relationship with the infinite that's within us. We can do this through getting more rest through, through deeper, longer sleep. I remember a, a Two or three months ago, I shared with somebody that on Friday, which is my day, you know, deep day off, I, I slept in until 10 or 10.30 that morning. And the person was just aghast. Oh, my God, I can't sleep past 7 in the morning. How can you do 10? 
And it's just like, you know, and I know that person and they also burn the midnight oil late. And so it's sort of like, you know, take a deep breath. I notice my body every once in a while, every, you know, couple months or so, once a 12 hour of solid sleep day, it's like, I, you know, it's just, I, I wear out at nine o'clock in the morning and, or at night and I you know, wake up at nine o'clock the next morning uh, without hardly inter- any, any interruption. So our bodies crave this, our souls crave this, deep rest. So sleep, relaxing. As a friend of mine said, I had a day where I realized I didn't have anything that I had to do. I could just wake up and say, what do I want to do today? What do I want to do today? Having deep, relaxed conversations. Listening in the stillness. Meditating. Visioning. Journaling. Visioning is the process of simply saying to spirit, what do you want to reveal through me in my life? Taking time for self-reflection and communion with that spirit. There's this invitation to stillness that says, be still and know that I am God. Be still is the first part of that. It's the prerequisite. It's the threshold we have to cross to know that I am God. Be still. Find that stillness that is within and without. One of the reasons I I actually love to do meditation around 6 in the morning is, or 5.30, and sometimes I wake up earlier with just that little nudge, and it's just because it's so still in the outer. But there's also a deeper stillness within the inner. And it isn't until we are still that this in this silence that we truly align with spirit, that we enter the kingdom of heaven. When we do that, we find that the prayers we're speaking or the desires of our heart start to manifest more easily. It's like the flower that grows with ease and grace when it's given all that it needs to grow. And we gain the freedom of truly embodied wisdom. So often we're, so we're speed reading our way through philosophy. I actually just kind of did a, a, a speed march through a, a, a book, you know, in nine weeks of, of, I think it was 28 chapters. And, you know, there's a couple of people who stepped out of that class and said, I want more time to absorb this. And it's like, yeah, I wish I hadn't quite done that. I really wanted to do it as a year long program with that book, or at least a half year long program. But uh, I didn't have any takers for that time frame. But taking that time to go deep, When we, when we get still, it's like the wisdom that we have gathered has time to sort of soak in to our bodies. You know, Tim did a wonderful, imagine you're in the uh, Pacific Northwest. In the Pacific Northwest, when it rains, the rain soaks into the ground because the ground is open to that. When I lived in Los Angeles or Redding for a while, it's like the ground is so hard that the rain comes and it just all you know, washes away and, and nothing soaks in. So can we take the time to let it soak in? That's what deep stillness, deep rest does. It takes time and conscious attention, conscious attention to cultivate this stillness and this communion. You know, even when we're retired, and I know many of you are, we're retired, we tend to fill up our time with projects and busyness. Got to do this, got to take care of that. Our Western and particularly our American culture is so invested and glorifies work and doingness. If I'm, if you're not doing, you know, who are you? We have ideas like idle hands or the devil's playground. 
the original quote from that was um, from, I think, St. Jerome uh, back in the about 300 or so, uh, who said, if the devil um, comes, let him find you so busy. Let him find you busy. The challenge with that is, if God comes and you're so busy, God doesn't get in either. And so do we create space? Do we create openings? I frankly don't believe in a devil coming for us. I only believe that there's spirit all around us. And it's interesting that, that you know, the church has this idea of the sacred day of rest, and yet, you know, sayings like that going. There's a, a deep resistance within our intellect and our, our, and our unhealthy ego, which is afraid of what might surface if we take a deep dive, if we engage in deep reflection. Uh, I'm also going to quote Lao Tzu, Tim. I didn't know you were going to, but uh, we're on the same wavelength. Lao Tzu says to, to let thinking or the intellect produce troubles, then use thinking to prepare against them is like stirring muddy water in hopes of making it clear. It's a paraphrase. You know, Einstein would paraphrase that later on by saying you can't resolve a problem at the level of consciousness that created the problem. And so we have to take time. Staying busy keeps us distracted from what lies beneath our awareness, which wants to surface. The truth is it wants to surface anyways. You know, and it could be creativity. It could be love. It could be grief. It could be ideas for projects. It could be anything it wants to surface. We can oftentimes keep ourselves distracted for a while, but over time, eventually, those things below the surface find their way out. And they may show up as health issues. They may show up as issues with our jobs, our relationships, our ability to sleep, our ability to just have an overall sense of deep peace and, and well-being. They will show up. This cult of doing, 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 doing is based on a consciousness of lack. There's not enough time. There's not enough resources. There's not enough love. There's not enough attention. There's not enough praise. There's not enough, not enough, not enough. The Greek philosopher Epicurus said, it is better to lie on the naked ground and be at ease than to have a golden coach and a rich table and be worried. It is better to lie on the naked ground and be at ease than to have a fancy car and a rich table and worry. Out of a consciousness of lack, we create worry. Many people have a, a belief that goes, if I'm not doing or performing, I'm not enough. It's kind of a, I do, therefore I am. And, and our work becomes our identity, whatever our work is. It's why so many people have trouble when they retire is they've been invested in this work, which is their identity, and suddenly the work is no longer there, and they don't know who they are because their, their identity was so wrapped up in the doing this. Who am I without this? <laughs> and as any performer knows, you're only as good as what you did today. Nobody cares what you did yesterday. It's only, you know, what are you going to do for me today? You know, when I get told, Reverend David, that was the best talk you've ever given. My little performer inside says, oh, my God, how am I going to top that next week? And then my, my insecure, I'm not lovable little inner child goes, will they still like me next week if my talk is not as good? Will they cast me out and go look for a new minister? All the while forgetting that it isn't my talk anyways. 
because I always write my talks by first sitting down and listening to spirit and saying, what do you want to say through me? And from that, I write. I'm not the source of the talks. It's not my performance. When we're caught up in our busyness, when we're caught up in our needy and fearful ego self, we forget that the ego isn't the source. And when we get all wrapped up in that, then we cut ourselves off even more from that source by more worry, by more busyness, by more stirring up the muddy water. Take a breath. Deep rest, deep stillness is the healing energy that quiets the ego's need for busyness. You know, the song, uh, The Deep Peace of the Rolling Waves, just went through my mind. I used to sing the bass line of that in a, in a choir that I was in. And it was so wonderful. I, I should have mentioned that to Brent and Amy, and, and maybe we could have had that as part of it. But anyways, but that deep peace, deep peace, that quiets the ego's need for busyness. It gives the soul a reset. And by deep rest, I mean 12 to 24 hours at least once a month, if not a, once a week. And I want you to notice for some of you, how did your ego just handle that? Oh my God, I don't have time for that, Reverend David. Yeah, just take a breath and notice. Gandhi said, I, and, and many of you have seen this, I, I sign all my emails, it's on the, my automatic signature. I must have a day for me. If not, I won't be able to love you well. I must have a day. I must have time for me so that I can love you well. Take the time to feed your playful inner child. Take time to have conversations. Maybe they're joyous and celebratory conversations. Maybe they're deep, exploratory conversations. Maybe they're the difficult conversations that you've been putting off. You know, most people, when a loved one dies, their main regret is what they didn't say to them. I wish I had taken time to say, I love you more. And that conversation weighs on us. It weighs on us while the person's alive, and it weighs even more when the person is dead. It's best to have it now. And it's easier to have those kinds of conversations when we have grounded in our inner stillness and are open to our authentic heart speaking through us. And that takes stillness. The early Roman uh, poet Aeneas uh, said, he who does not know how to use leisure time has more of work than when at work. If we don't take our time to use our leisure time and don't know how to do it, you know, we just wander around kind of aimlessly. That's not moving into the deep stillness. That's not moving into deep rest. That's just kind of still floating on the surface. Will we go deep? Our theme this year is living everyday wonder. Taking deep time and time to go deep allows us to have that experience of wonder, to open that curiosity, that childlike curiosity about, about things, about my life, about your life, about everything, about the world around us. And to have time for those things we are just too busy for. But those things need love. They need attention. They need expression. Ernest Holmes says, spiritual experience comes in the stillness of the soul. I'll say that again. Spiritual experience 
comes in the stillness of the soul when the outer voice is quiet. It is a quickening of the inner self to an eternal reality. The quickening of an inner self to an eternal reality. It is in living more fully in and, our, uh, and as our divine self. Christian Larson says that when we are in that stillness, out from the silence of this calm, come the sacred symphonies of life. Out from the quiet of this calm come the sacred symphonies of life. This quickening that Ernest speaks of can't be taught or learned by reading about it. It has to be experienced. It can only be experienced, and it can only be experienced through practicing, through actual doing of it. And it is the doorway to mystical consciousness. When a teacher like Jesus and, and many others say, seek first the kingdom and everything else is added, this is the time to seek the kingdom, to be still, to find that kingdom that is already within you, but oftentimes we're so busy we're not paying attention to, we're not listening to. This doorway to mystical consciousness is the experience and the knowing that all is one, which completely shifts our living when we know that. So will you make time for rest? Renee Brown says, it takes courage to say yes to rest and play in a culture where exhaustion is seen as a status symbol. It takes courage. So will you take the courage? Will you schedule? Will you schedule time for rest and play? Will you make an appointment with your sacred self and then keep it to see that, that appointment itself as sacred? Nothing is more important than that deep time with your deep self. And you are worth it. You are worth it. I want to close with a quote from Ernest. He says, to enter the silence is to quiet our minds and enter that place of non-movement, what the Taoists call Wu Wei. To be still and know that I am God is to enter the sanctuary of one's own consciousness. You and I have a sanctuary. We are a sanctuary. Do we take time to visit that sanctuary? That's your spiritual practice this week. Visit the sanctuary within. Schedule it and keep the appointment and don't pave it over with busyness. So we have uh, an affirmation. To help us remember that. Say this with me. I rest in divine joy. One more time. I rest in divine joy. And so it is.